Hey everyone, welcome back to This Is Not About Your Body. I'm Jesse Neeland, and I'm glad to have you listening to my podcast today. Um, I want to talk about a topic that has been really very present on the internet over the last week or two, and that is about Lindo Bacon. So if you don't know who that is, this may not necessarily, um, I don't know, make that much sense to you. So I'm going to give as much background as I can without uh, missing the point of the conversation. So Lindo Bacon is a person who wrote the book that most people would think of as the sort of original Health at Every Size book. It goes by the title, Health at Every Size. At this point, it is one of the um, kind of uh, first popular books on the topic, but uh, it, it is outdated at this point. It does not reflect current understandings of either the Health at Every Size movement or um, concepts around what we should do about it. <clears throat> so the situation, and just so that in case anybody's unclear on this, um, Lindo uses they, them pronouns, and I will be uh, trying very hard to use they, them, but if I say she at any point, please forgive me, it is because when I read Lindo's book, they were going by Linda and uh, she, her pronouns. So um, I, like many people, am still still transitioning that thought in my head. So um, Lindo basically got called out over the last couple of weeks um, by multiple people and multiple sources pushing back against their pattern of exploitative and harmful behavior. And what's interesting about it is I have read a lot of the um, articles that were written, the stories that were shared, the statements that were put out, and the accusations that were made. And I still, it took me a long time to really wrap my head around it because I uh, initially, none of the stuff that was being said struck me as sort of quote unquote that bad. You know, there are moments where somebody does something exploitative and everybody is like, whoa, that is bad, you know? This was not like that. I had to go through and really, really, um, yeah, just do the work to understand that something that might in one moment sound like an isolated incident or a mistake is actually a pattern. And that pattern, uh, when taken in the context of Lindo's privilege, insofar as they have a thin white body um, and the people who are calling them out were generally fat black women or uh, people with much more marginalized bodies. Um, and so the situation here is that essentially um, when I first read Lindo's book, I, like most people, thought it was sort of their idea. I thought the health at every size was created by Lindo because the first um, that I encountered with this movement was Lindo's book. And it's named Health at Every Size, right? It just seemed like, okay, well, I guess you you invented it. You're a revolutionary. And I thought very, very highly of them for this. And over the last couple of years, it has, you know, come to my attention years ago that uh, they did not actually invent this. The Health at Every Size movement existed long before they came onto the scene. It was created by people in marginalized bodies, largely fat people and people of color, along with uh, 
folks who had disabilities, uh, transgender, um, you know, it, basically people in multi-marginalized bodies were fighting for body liberation. And that is why uh, they created a movement called Health at Every Size. And it was always intended to um, benefit fat folks. So the issue is Lindo came onto the scene in a thin body wrote a book with the name of a movement that had already existed and be, uh, been created and pushed forward by folks in fat bodies, for fat bodies, and then they benefited from it. Financially, they benefited from it um, in terms of their career. You know, they were suddenly the expert. Everybody thought of them as the expert, myself included at the time. And so they were given speaking events. They were given lots and lots of opportunities to move their platform forwards. They were given multiple later book deals. And the, the issue here is that, yes, it brought the Health at Every Size movement into the spotlight. And sometimes being in a privileged body is what it takes to do something like that. Because people are more likely to listen to people who look like them or have more privilege. They're more likely to trust them, to buy their books. Those people are in a position of being able to often get the book deal or exposure or whatever uh, that can bring a an otherwise fringe movement into the spotlight. So in some ways, I think I just justified it like that, like a lot of us did and, and a lot of people still do, which is to say, sure, Lindo took a movement that wasn't theirs, wrote a book about it, and then benefited from that book financially and in terms of their career and also socially. But, you know, they they did a good thing in some ways, right? Like, yeah, it's a little bit weird, maybe it's a little bit sketch, but they they used their privilege for good. They brought a marginalized struggle for liberation to the forefront so that it could become a mainstream movement. And it is now absolutely a mainstream movement that is understood by the mainstream media and everything. Now, could that have happened had it been a book written by a fat black woman? I don't know. And frankly, could that fat black woman even have gotten a book deal at the time? Probably not. Whereas now there's a lot more stuff that has been written and created that has moved beyond Lindo's understanding of the health at every size, a book that they originally wrote. And they have written books since, right? So they wrote Body Respect. Um, I don't know. They've written a couple other books since. But sometimes they have drawn in sort of co-authors and clearly they have made an intent uh, at different stages to update their material, to update their understanding to do right by the marginalized community that they essentially have been um, benefiting from uh, in, a, in a sort of exploity way since the beginning. So they are attempting, they have been attempting to do this, but the issue was in these moments that the, the stories were being told, the first one being, um, her name is Mickey, Mickey uh, shared the story of basically how Lindo had invited Mickey, who is a fat black woman, to co-author the revision of that book. So clearly, Lindo's publisher said, you, you've got a book deal if you want one to update and re, basically rewrite the original Health at Every Size book um, to be more inclusive of ideas that are now understood to be important, to center... Um, different concepts that we now understand, such as the uh, 
importance of centering the most marginalized bodies in a body liberation movement. And so all of these things, so, so they decided to hire a co-author and they reached out to Mickey as well as a couple of other people. And um, they asked, you know, and now that I'm saying this, actually, I'm not sure if it's Mikey or Mickey because it's all on the internet. And so if I am saying it wrong, I am very sorry. Um, it might be Mikey. Anyway, <sighs> they basically asked her to co-author. They had a meeting and then that transcript of that meeting was shared because um, Mikey said, hey, that did not feel good. That felt exploitative. And so I read through and the, the parts that feel exploitative is essentially that Lindo asked for the, um, the control over the book and the concepts and, and looked very much like they were looking for a sort of performative allyship, um, like almost a figurehead or a, basically a fat black face to kind of sell the book again to make it relevant and certainly to update some of the concepts, but not really to give that person the power or the credit in a way that is uh, actually appropriate or inclusive, just to kind of buoy their own power and credit and expertise so that they can stay relevant in the health and every size movement by including a fat black person as a co-author. So reading through that certainly did not make Lindo look good. Um, there was a lot in that conversation that felt sticky in which Lindo was really told flat out, hey, this feels problematic to me. This feels like harm. This feels like exploitation. And instead of taking the time to say, um, oh, I'll take that into account. Uh, I didn't I didn't realize it was coming off that way, but I can I can see your point. And I'd like to either think about that or respond um, in a way that you know, uh, uh, shifts the conversation back to a place of less harm. They pretty consistently got defensive <clears throat> and they pretty consistently stuck to their guns when it came to things like what I'm asking for is appropriate and fine and I'm not causing harm or at least I'm, you know, sort of that defensiveness of, well, I'm not trying to cause harm Instead of really listening and really taking that in the way that at this point, a person who has done a lot of work to truly try to become, for lack of better language around this, an ally to marginalized people. Um, I don't love the word ally, but it's it's what we've got right now, so I'm just going to use it. If Lindo had done more of that work, they probably would have recognized earlier the areas in which they were being called out for coming at the conversation with a problematic lens, um, for essentially not ceding any of their own power in any way, for wanting all the power, control, uh, credit, et cetera, to stay with them while using a fat black person to give them more credibility in a movement that they were already exploiting. And they were also using other tactics of... Um, you know, if you've learned uh, much about the tactics that uphold white supremacy, a lot of those tactics were showing up in the conversation. Uh, one of them being defensiveness, actually, and then another being urgency. So, for example, Lindo kept kept writing and saying, you know, I really need an answer on this. Like, hurry up and, you know, I, I need it on this timeline, uh, which really, again, in and of itself might not sound like a big deal. But when you really take it... Uh, 
if you if you understand the bigger context, if you see the multiple conversations that were going on, multiple things Lindo has said to multiple people, and you understand that urgency is in general a way in which white supremacy upholds itself, this idea of everyone should be available to me on my timeline, um, that alone is like just reading the conversation, you start to see, okay, this this really does not make them look good. I can see why... Um, Mikey was upset and shared it on the internet. What happened next, though, was that multiple other people started sharing their their experiences too. And most of them were people in fat bodies who felt that Linda was inappropriately exploitative of a movement that was intended to uphold and center fat fat bodies while having a thin body. And that this just, you know, at the very least didn't sit well with them and at the very worst is actively harming them because it continues to center and benefit a person with a thin body in a movement that was never for them. And this is, you know, this is all very true. And again, like, were you to just read one individual story, I would understand if you didn't walk away saying, oh, this is, you know horrible and and things have to be changed but ultimately what I started to understand was there's a pattern of uh, of behavior here where Lindo has centered themselves in a movement that wasn't for them they have disregarded the fact that their privileged body has allowed them to benefit from and exploit a movement both created by and created for fat bodies and they uphold a certain uh quite a bit of um problematic privileged behavior when interacting with those in marginalized bodies so there's a lot of stuff going on here that starts to feel really yucky and then the the whole issue that they're even updating their book in the first place, which I should say all of this, you know, I was like working on understanding all of this while knowing that I have a book deal, right? I live in a privileged body and I have a book deal. So one of the things that was being said was that Lindo should have passed this opportunity along to a person in a marginalized body, the opportunity to rewrite their book. Meaning they should have talked to their publisher and said, this book should be rewritten, but I don't think it should be rewritten by me. So I encourage you to hire XYZ person um, in a, a fat body of color, for example, to rewrite my book. And then you should give them the deal and, and publish it. Or if not to rewrite the book, then just to write a, a new book that does the same job. And the issue with that, of course, is that, and Linda points this out, um, they really did not have the opportunity to make their publisher do anything. And the publisher, like most publishers, would probably not have been interested in giving the opportunity to someone else. So in fact, what would have happened is Linda would simply have had to step back and just not update the book, sort of let it die out in the literature, let it become obsolete instead of trying to give it this sort of... Um, makeover, you know, update the concepts and allow it to become still relevant, still a moneymaker and still a pillar in the health at every size movement. So when you think about it like that, and the fact that the right thing to do here 
is sort of being called out then to step back and not write the book, not update the book, not be a part of the health at every size movement really at all anymore. I'm sitting there with a book deal on body liberation, which is, well, I guess my my book is not on body liberation. It is on body neutrality and body image into, uh, body image issues for the individual. But there is still, you know, this sort of tangentiality to the space that I'm in. And I really wanted to understand what the right thing to do here is. I'm white. I'm thin. I have a book deal. If the right thing to do is to cede power, perhaps that means that we, thin white people, just stop writing books in this space altogether, in which case what I have done by accepting this book deal would be problematic, right? So I'm sitting there with my own horse in the race, like really trying to understand this and feeling my own stuff come up around, what does this mean for me? So just understand that like I I always want to listen and learn and understand um, the course of action as best as possible and as I was reading this, I wanted to be crystal clear on what the problem was <laughs> so that I did not repeat it and worried that I, in fact, already have. So this is something that um, I was dealing with as I read all this stuff. And one of the big organizations um, that basically spoke up in this uh, online sort of back and forth, was ASDA, the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health. And um, so they made a statement. They, they actually did a whole lot of labor. They wrote something really thoughtful that I, I read and just so appreciated. Um, the ASDA leadership team basically wrote a long explanation for what they think is the harm being caused by all of this pattern of behavior and sharing their own um, exchange of uh, emails with Lindo, showing that it is a pattern of harm in the greater community than just what was called out um, by this woman. So with all of that in mind, the ASDA leadership team shared a lot of more icky stuff, right? Like those patterns just showing up over and over. For example, um, you know, Lindo was pushing for uh, things to happen really quickly. Like this is where that sort of stuff was coming up. Um, the urgency, the defensiveness, et cetera. Asda basically said, hey, we were thinking of publishing an updated Health at Every Size book slash kind of uh, introduction or manual to this movement. So for you to do that actually takes away from our power. And since ASDA is really dedicated to upholding, centering, and, um, you know, moving forward body liberation for those in the most marginalized bodies, their entire, you know, the, basically their entire leadership team has been working really hard to make sure that if they create the book, it will center marginalized voices. Their team centers marginalized voices. It, it's a lot of work they've put into stepping back um, in all different ways so that they are not like a leadership team of fat white people, you know? That there are, there's been a really concerted effort by ASDA that I respect so much to uh, 
make sure that the social justice values are at the core of this organization. So they're basically saying, we've been planning to create a book and, uh, you know, write in every, uh, it's sort of an updated thing of a health at every size book that's authored by fat, black, brown, neurodiverse, um, transgender, queer, disabled activists. And that would really start centering the people whose voices um, both are most relevant to this work and also have the, the most qualifications to talk about this work. So by publishing a rewrite of their book, Lindo is actually sort of harming them and this uh, plan that they have to move their movement forward. Now, it should be said that ASDA has the trademark, both trademarks actually, for Health at Every Size and H-A-E-S. They hold the trademarks. Lindo does not. They hold the trademarks because this was the organization that uh, decided a lot of the sort of structure of this concept. And Lindo did not. So... ASDA is really a much better authority on this topic than Lindo, and they are a much more progressive authority on this topic, which means they are going to do less harm. So if Lindo moves forward, and and they even said it in this email exchange that they published, um, they told Lindo, if you move forwards, we will, we will come after you legally because you will be causing direct harm to us, and we have the trademarks. Um, and that, honestly, is like really really sort of bonkers to think about that Lindo doesn't even have the trademarks and was considering trying to um, benefit even further, even longer, even more. And what's interesting is Asda was like kind of cool with Lindo before this, you know, like they weren't trying to have them to have their book barred or anything. Like they wrote a book, it's fine. They brought uh, their attention. They brought the attention of the movement into the mainstream. They were able to like make peace with that. But for Lindo to start the process of this new updated publishing deal, that's what starts to feel like, well, how on earth did they think they could get away with that? That doesn't even make sense. Um, anyway, yeah. So basically, Asda publishes a a breakdown of all of the problematic behaviors and patterns really, really clearly. And it's extremely helpful. And if you are interested in reading any of this, I would go um, over to the Instagram account of um, the original woman who shared her story. Marquiselle Mercedes is her name. And also read asda.org slash lindo dash accountability because that is that that is the thing that they published that is so helpful. So once you read um, once you read the stories this way, broken down, I think you also will be able to wrap your head around it. But if you, like me, was starting to hear just bits and pieces, it can be really difficult to understand how this is such a big deal. And what ended up happening is a lot of people were saying, oh no, this is a terrible use of calling someone out like, Basically, there's a lot of pushback and, and people are saying now Lindo's canceled and they shouldn't because they didn't do anything bad enough to be canceled. This is toxic cancel culture. Now, I will just point out that nobody says cancel culture unless they are in a position of privilege and power for the most part. Um, 
people are asking for accountability from Lindo and they're asking for Lindo to step back from a movement that they have been profiting off of for way too long and centering themselves in the middle of for way too long when in fact it was never really appropriate for them to do so. Like it, in some ways it's okay they did, you know, we can all understand the benefit and the harm to those original choices, but those choices have, those are done now. You know, they, they published the book, they brought, uh, they, they shined a light on the movement and now it's time to let go of the centering, the power and the profits. So with that in mind, I would say it's actually a really, really great thing to read about and understand if you yourself are attempting, um, as I am, to constantly better understand your own privilege, um, what it looks like to be a quote unquote ally um, in spaces where you are interacting with or trying to uphold um, people who have less privilege than you. And also, if you're interested in the Health at Every Size movement and you have really strong connection to um, or association with uh, Hayes, Health at Every Size, and Orlando themselves, because it's <laughs> it's really subtle and nuanced. It's not as easy as like, this person did extraordinary harm, it's really freaking obvious, nobody should do that. And I actually think these kinds of situations are even more important for us to be able to understand what harm really looks like on a subtler scale. It's kind of like... Um, who is that dude in Hollywood who was just like horrible and raping everybody? Like nobody heard his story and was confused about whether or not he was a a super Weinstein. Um, Nobody heard the story about Weinstein and was like, I don't know. It's hard to say if he should be canceled, right? Like everyone was like, oh my God, that's horrible. He should be in jail. It was just cut and dry. Whereas something like, um, you know, the kind of uh, story that was told about, um, Aziz Ansari, where he had a date that published her story online about how pushy he was. It sounded a lot like sexual coercion, but it was unclear whether it was assault. Uh, You know, something like that. There was a lot more conversation and controversy. Is this really the best use of the word assault here? Is this really worthy of canceling someone, et cetera, et cetera, right? So like the cut and dry, oh my God, that guy is a rapist story is, I mean, there, there's nothing to discuss, right? We don't necessarily learn anything from a story like that, but we got to learn something about the Aziz Ansari story because we had to really reconcile our beliefs about what co- what is coercion, um, who has power and how that impacts pressuring someone, what it looks like to be assaulted versus what it looks like to uh, regret something, right? Like conversations had to happen. And this is a great example of that happening in the space of um, size, uh, weight stigma, racism. Like there's, there's a lot in here that we need to be reckoning with. And it's on a more subtle scale. So I encourage you to read these things if you're interested and not allow yourself to go straight to Lindo shouldn't be canceled. What they did wasn't bad enough. And instead think about like, well, let's just cancel the the term cancel culture for now. Let's just say um, people are asking for Lindo to be accountable for their pattern of behaviors and harm. 
What does that mean? And how do we understand all of that? And for myself, I'm thinking now like, okay, where do I want to take my book both during the writing of it and after when it's published and it's in the world and I'm given opportunities to speak on body neutrality um, and I'm you know, in the media more often and I'm being hired for opportunities. Now, it is a different situation insofar as I did not... Um, I will not be profiting off of the health at every size movement, which was very specifically created by activists, but I am standing on the shoulders of giants, right? My work could only be possible thanks to the learning that I have done from people who are activists in body liberation movements. And a lot of those people are fat, disabled, trans, black and brown people. So what do I do with that information, right? Like, I don't know yet, but I do know that it has to be reckoned with on a more nuanced and subtle scale than just saying, oh, that's outverse, uh, outright racism. That's, that's overt um, weight stigma. These are obvious, you know? Like, we really have to reckon with the more subtle stuff, and this is a great example of it. So um, with all of that in mind, I just wanted to share what I was sort of learning about that and also lay out for you if you too have felt confused, like what it is exactly that Lindo did that is so bad. This is where you can look to find those answers. And also like you don't necessarily have to take away the same conclusions that I did, but I would say if you are finding yourself staying in a place of defensiveness around, um, you know, what they did wasn't that bad. Maybe check in with yourself and see if you are um, identifying more because you share an identity with Lindo that you don't share with Marquisel or, you know, the, the leaders of the ASDA organization. Because if you identify more with a thin white person than a fat black person, it's possible and you really have to sit with the fact that like, if your head goes to, oh, but Linda shouldn't be canceled. This is causing so much harm to their mental health. Well, what about the harm that was caused to Marquisel, right? Like, what about that? Why doesn't that come straight to the front of your mind when you start thinking about harm or, or being worried about people? Um, that's really the question that I would say might need to be... Uh, brought up and just explored for yourself and possibly with other people who are in privileged bodies as well, but who are doing this work, who are diving into body liberation work, anti-oppression work. Um, because that is something that I really think is at the heart of all this pushback. So many people are coming to Lindo's defense and saying, oh my God, they, you know, they're trans, like they've been oppressed. They've, they've worked so hard. This is their entire life's work. Now you want them canceled. Now you want them to give up all of their power and all of their money and all of their career. Like that makes no sense. And I completely understand, right? Those questions came up for me too. But I think if you go through it and you're willing to look inside yourself, then you can see that actually that's not, first of all, what anybody's asking for. It's actually not. Um, or at least not quite so simply. And also the other context matters, right? The idea that Lindo wrote a book based on a movement that wasn't theirs, that was already established, that they've been profiting on for however long, 15 years or something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's distressing, 
right? So that's just something we have to sit with in ourselves and the stuff that comes up inside of ourselves as we learn about what other people consider harm. And if you want to defend uh, Lindo, maybe you are wanting to defend yourself and that might need to be explored as well. Because again, like if you're not someone who's particularly interested or invested in liberation work or anti-oppression work, maybe none of this even sounds that complicated. Maybe it doesn't sound interesting, but it's definitely worth saying if you are trying to do any amount of anti-oppression work or liberation work, an experience like this, a situation like this is where it has to be done. Because it is in this nuance, it is in these subtle ways where people are saying, hi, I've been harmed by this thing. And you read it and go, well, I wouldn't have been harmed by that. Or that doesn't seem harmful enough to write a whole piece about. Or that doesn't seem harmful enough for the person to have consequences because of. You know, like these are, these are problems. These are things that we have to dismantle. And we have to be aware of and we have to be brave about really facing. Um, yeah, so with all of that in mind, I hope that this was helpful. Um, this person who I've probably been saying their name wrong the whole time, and I am very sorry about that. Um, it is at Fat Marquisel on Instagram, at F-A-T-M-A-R-Q-U-I-S-E-L-E. Her name is Marquiselle Mercedes. Um, that is the person that I, I, I'm not sure if it's Mickey or Mikey, but that's the, that's the person who started this process online. Um, I just want to say that at this point, I wholeheartedly believe and support her and the ASDA movement and everybody else who's come forward to share their stories of feeling exploited, um, exploited by Lindo in one way or another, everybody who has been sharing their stories with this understanding that they, they know people will override this if it's just one story. It has to be a pattern for there to be accountability. It is a pattern. And so people are now sharing their stories. But you have to be able to understand it as a pattern to understand why it's so problematic. And that's it. I think that's everything that I wanted to say about that. Essentially, Lindo became the face of a movement that was not created by them and was not for them and was never intended to benefit them. And they profited from it and they want to continue profiting from it. And the movement doesn't need them, you know, and the movement never asked them to be this face. And even though there was a certain amount of peace, I think made with the past actions then now we're just in a different place, right? Like we are ready and even the publishing industry is ready to hold a different story, publish different voices. Like the world has progressed and we need to honor that and we need to make sure that that stays at the center of a body liberation movement that Lindo made popular. So with all of that in mind, um, I'd be happy to answer any questions if you want to hit me up, DM me on Instagram at Jesse Neeland. Um, I will do the best I can, but I really do think that just reading these resources should give you the information you're looking for. That said, I, you know, I'm always happy to like be able to help explain what I am seeing 
to someone who is unclear on like, why is this so problematic, especially to other thin folks or white folks who are struggling to connect with it. Like I, that is part of my job as a body liberation worker in my own life. Um, and I'm certainly available. So you're welcome to ask me questions if there is still stuff that's unclear. Um, yeah, that's everything. Thank you for listening to this. And, um, for what it's worth, like the health at every size book really changed my life. I mean, I will say it was one of a bunch of books I read around the same time. Cause I also read, um, intuitive eating around that same time. Um, I read uh, Eating in the Light of the Moon, which was about eating disorders around the same time. I read The Body Keeps the Score around the same time, which was about trauma. Um, Waking the Tiger, also about trauma. So I learned a ton in a very, very short period of time, but they all awoke a lot inside of me. So I will always be grateful to Lindo for having written the original book and to the universe for having like put it in my hands at the right time. But I can completely understand how, again, there's this evolution, this progress has to change how we hold things now. And when it comes to my book, the only thing that I can really say about it today is that it is not a book on body liberation. It will point you towards marginalized um, people to hire to learn more about body liberation work, because that is not my area of expertise. I am a person who believes so strongly that everyone must do body liberation work, but my book is on body neutrality for the individual. It absolutely it sort of demands, I was going to say invites, but demands is closer. It absolutely um, demands that you do this body liberation work inside of yourself if you want it to work, to stick, um, and if you want to not to be a person who doesn't cause harm. But my hope is because I am outside of that particular um, aspect of it that I will be doing less harm by writing the book. And also I hold completely that I could be wrong, that right now, everything I say today could be wrong by this afternoon, you know, like, um, so by all means, um, I invite people into that discussion as well. Um, sort of where as a person of privilege, I stand and what you think the sort of right and wrong paths are. I'm not looking for um, permission or anything like that. I'm just open to any insights that you, especially if you live in a marginalized body, want to offer. Um, my DMs are always open to you. Uh, and that's it. <sighs> okay. Well, thank you for being here, for listening, for doing this work, for getting it. Um, I hope to catch you on my next episode. And uh, in the meantime, you can feel free to uh, check out my other free content on YouTube and my mailing list where I send out a weekly email called Transparent Tuesday and um, Instagram. And uh, yeah, I hope that it's valuable to you and I look forward to talking to you soon.